You are listening to the Trinity Presbyterian Church Podcast from Petaluma, California. Here is this week's Adult Sunday School class. We have been going through evangelism. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about sharing your testimony, what that should and shouldn't look like. Let's uh, open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, this uh, time uh, together to uh, think about personal evangelism. And as we uh, uh, think about this topic today, about uh, uh, sharing our testimony, we pray, Lord, that we would be bearing witness to Christ and the gospel uh, to those you put in our lives. Uh, Father, we do, uh, as we think of the good report uh, that we just read from the Battle Mountain Congregation. We do rejoice with that church and, 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 and in the shared gospel ministry that we participate together in. We do pray, Lord, for their facility needs uh, that you would see fit to uh, uh, provide uh, a great game plan going forward here for uh, renovating or, or, or adding on to uh, their uh, facility there in Battle Mountain. Uh, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Why don't you guys turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Now the person that they are overcoming or conquering there in the context is the devil. Is the devil. And the they basically are the saints. Uh, the saints overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony not loving their lives even unto death. Notice that even if they die, or they live or die, that is not a factor in whether or not they overcome the enemy. Right? I think this is a reminder, by the way, Romans 8, uh, the idea there at the end that we're more than conquerors, and not even life or death can, can change that. And so, you know, we're in this series on personal evangelism. And so far, we've begun to talk about the basics of the message, right? Like what sort of stuff needs to be in the basic gospel message, right? To make sure you're communicating when, when sharing the gospel, the things that are, that are most uh, foundational to that message. And we talked about, you know, needing the, if you're going to share the good news, you've got to share a little bit of the bad news and that type of thing. And, we, you know, we talked a little bit about, like last week, we talked about fear. One of the challenges that can often hinder us from sharing our faith is the fear that we let overwhelm us. And so we talked about what kind of fear might we uh, encounter, be tempted to have, what should we think about that, what fear should we look to put off, uh, how can we address certain fears that should be there, that, you know, how can we address them biblically. Uh, but part of what tends to happen in a gospel presentation is in some component or another, you have an opportunity to give your own personal testimony. And you've surely seen people give their personal testimony. You have probably given your personal testimony in one way or another. Um, you know, frankly, when we examine people for membership, we ask them about their testimony. And so uh, this is something that is an important thing for us to think about. What should a testimony look like, uh, what it is maybe isn't, and because I think we, we see a lot of different kinds of testimony out there, and I don't think they're all as equally uh, uh, 
what we should aspire to. Let's put it that way, and I'll, I'll make more clear what I have in mind as we keep going here today. Um, let's think first, what is testimony? What is testimony? Just the word. What, what, do, you, what do you think of when you hear testimony? Take out outside of a Christian context, outside of a, a church context. What's testimony? What you do in court. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I was hoping our, uh, our, our retired law enforcement uh, would, would mention that because I assume you had to hear a lot of testimony, probably give a lot of testimony over the course of your job, right? Uh, so this is you coming forward and giving legal witness to truths, right? I mean, in, in, a, in a, I could imagine a law enforcement might say, we saw this guy doing this at this time, and we told him to do this, and he did this instead, and, 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 and you're going on record, right? And of course, think of the Old Testament principle, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact would be established, right? In a, in a legal context, right? The idea of something only given by one witness doesn't have, uh, you know, not a sufficient proof, right? And then, um, of course, one of the challenges the Old Testament talks about is when there are malicious witnesses, people who are just out there to lie, to get someone in trouble. And one of the challenges we have as a legal system when that happens. So, turn over, to, let's turn over actually to, to first. First John, real quick here. First John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen in her, we proclaim also to you, that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Um, what's John doing there? Testifying. He's giving witness. He's giving testimony to Jesus. Now, if you read on in 1 John, you see one of the problems that they're facing is that there were some who said Jesus did not come in the flesh. There were these Gnostics that thought flesh was inherently bad, spirit was what was really good. And so they said, if Jesus is Jesus, if He's God, He can't really be flesh. So He only had to appear to be flesh, but He really wasn't flesh. And John says, no, we touched Him. We saw Him. We heard Him. We embraced Him, right? I mean, these are, these are things He's talking about here. And He's giving His testimony. So when you think, again, the topic today is sharing our own personal testimony, right? So we're starting to think about what is testimony here. And um, the early apostles, right? The original apostles, that's the, the, what I meant to say. The original apostles, they were emphasized as being eyewitnesses. Remember in Acts, when they had to pick a replacement for, for Judas Iscariot? That was one of the things emphasized. Someone who had gone around and seen it all take place. The ministry of Jesus, His death, His resurrection, so that they could be official eyewitnesses. We saw Him. We saw Him die. We saw Him rise again. Not to mention we saw the miracles and all of the other things. Testimony to these truths. 
And so, you know, going back to that Revelation passage a moment ago that I had, had to start out with, it mentions Christians in general overcoming Satan by the word of their testimony. But you notice the first thing it said, they overcame him. What's the text say? Revelation 12:11? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What does the blood of the Lamb make you think about? The gospel. Right? The gospel, what Jesus did to accomplish our salvation. And where, where I'm setting you up to see here is our testimony should never be apart from a testimony about the gospel. That's what we're talking about. In other words, in other words, if you tell your personal testimony and somehow never really talk about the blood of the lamb, then have you have you given a real testimony? Not the kind that I think we're talking biblically. And so think of Let's turn over to John's Gospel. I want to use John the Baptist as an example here. And hopefully by the time I've, I've sort of set you all up here, you see why I've spent some time emphasizing the things I'm emphasizing here as we're digging in. Uh, John 1. John 1. Let's go to John 1. We're talking testimony here. Who gives some testimony here? John the Baptist, right? What's his testimony? Jesus is the one I've been talking about that was going to come. The one I'm preparing the way. He's the Messiah. Look down at verse 29 now. So He's bearing witness that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the sacrifice for sin. And then uh, down in verse 32 through 34. Zoe, would you read 32 through 34? And depending on your translation, it'll either, as, as Zoe just read there, say, bore witness. Otherwise, some translations say, testify. Again, we're talking about synonyms here in English testimony, bear witness. You know, when we talk about giving our, our personal testimony, right, the concept of testimony is super important in Scripture. And you see these examples here. John, his testimony about Jesus, in this case, he's a prophet, and he received special revelation that allowed him to identify who is the Messiah. And so he gives this testimony, I bear witness, he is the one that's been specially revealed to me, that he is the Messiah. Now look at John chapter 3. So flip over a couple couple here. John 3.26. So John's a testifier to Jesus. And what's his point here in this little section I just had us read? There you go. It's about Jesus, not about John. So we're talking principles here. I'm kind of setting you up for thinking about how to share your own personal testimony. Your own personal testimony, this should be an obvious point, but sometimes it's helpful to point out obvious points. Should your own personal testimony be chiefly about yourself or about Jesus? About Jesus, thank you. So, um, and then we've been using John and 1 John. Go back to 1 John here for me again. 
Go back to the end of 1 John, verse John 5. This, by the way, it might be confusing because I'm talking about John the Baptist and John the Apostle here. John the Apostle is the one who wrote this. We were reading about John the Apostle writing about John the Baptist, but 1 John 5.13, um, there you see John saying he wants the people that he's writing to to have confidence of their salvation, assurance of their salvation. Personally, they should have a confidence in Christ. So where am I going with all of this? Um, a lot of times when people share their personal testimony, a lot of times it can be very, very, very focused on them and their story. And I do think there's a part where it's your story's in there, right? I mean, that's what makes it a personal testimony. Um, but as John the Baptist said, uh, we must decrease, he must increase. And so first off, from, a, from just some principles here, uh, a testimony needs to be ultimately about directing people to Christ and to truth. Especially objective truth. Um, it's, it's fine to tell people about your life in your, in your sort of personal testimony, but at some point, you got to bring the focus to Jesus. And you got to bring the focus to the gospel. You got to point to the Lamb of God that takes away uh, the sin of, of the world. And what I'm, I guess I'm trying to help us think about is subjective things versus objective things. Jesus died on the cross. Is that an objective truth or a subjective truth? Objective, that's right. I really liked Jim's prime rib on Friday. Is it an objective thing or a subjective thing? Objective. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to Marlon. That's a subjective thing, right? Yes. What's that? That happens. <laughs> um, so... There's a lot of things that are inherently life going to be objective and subjective. Now, don't get me wrong. We, you know, thinking even the language of subjective, right, is sort of like emphasizing the subject, like, like, like what I, is my personal testimony. So it's easy to sort of become subject focused because you're talking about yourself, right? And, and again, there's nothing wrong with subjective things, right? Like if I'm having a conversation with my wife, I might be like, hey, I did these cool things today, and I saw these really wonderful things today. But when we're talking about giving our testimony, the testimony that we're talking about biblically is very little in comparison about a subjective story. It's about an objective story. Again, um, if you go back to the courtroom example, right? Um, if, if Jim is there as a testimony of, as law enforcement, sure, he's going to have subjective aspects, right? Like, I was at this place at this time, and I saw him do this, right? I saw the object of the testimony, right? Do this, in that case, commit a crime, right? And, and if he just got up and just talked about subjective things, and I got a cup of coffee, I was having a donut, <laughs> um, Right, then that would not really be useful testimony. Okay, so we're talking about testimony 
about Christ. We'll have time for, uh, uh, in a minute, I'll give you an opportunity. Uh, well, um, testimony about Jesus, testimony about the gospel. And so... I've heard folks sometimes get up and really emphasize most of the time on their um, the subjective things, things that maybe are offered as like the core point of their testimony is sort of some really random experience that's maybe like um, not really about the objective truths. It's about some really random set of events that happened, right? And what I want to try to encourage us when we're thinking about our testimony is how can we take the objective things and bring our, our component, how we have been affected by the objective things. In other words... In fact, turn over to Romans 1 here for me. Is the power of God unto salvation. And again, if you haven't seen the kind of testimony I'm concerned about, when sort of you might have discerned I'm concerned about some ways I've seen certain testimonies, I find that sometimes people are almost like, I can't just give the gospel, that's not enough. That won't convince anybody. So I have to sort of bring in these other things. And, and, and so a lot of times I've seen people's, you know, the testimony that really gets highlighted is, well, you know, I was um, going along doing this thing and, and, you know, I had some strange mystical experience, you know, and, and God did this in this mystical strange experience that, that neither you or I can confirm or deny did or didn't happen. And then that becomes sort of like, this is why you should believe in Jesus. And, and I, I can't help but walk away sometimes and feel like, is it because you didn't think the gospel could convert somebody? But here it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So I'd much rather have someone's testimony be more along the lines of what we see in Scripture, which is people bearing witness to objective truths. And so, you know, as just maybe it's a simplistic example, but, you know, I'd much rather have someone saying, you know, I was going along in my life and living my life, and I saw how my life ended up, you know, I messed things up at one after another after another, and I had all these problems because I kept sinning. And I didn't realize it was sin at the time. I kind of knew better. But then I read, you know, the Bible, and I, 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 I was... I came to this passage, Romans 3, 23, it said, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And I, I began to realize, ooh, this explains why, I'm, why what I've been doing isn't, isn't working. Right? In other words, taking, here's what I found in Scripture and how it convicted me by the Holy Spirit. Or I was sitting in the, you know, someone invited me to church and the pastor got up and he read Romans uh, 6.23, the wages of sin is death, and he explained how I was going to hell because of the life I had been living, and I was cut to the heart because I realized everything he was preaching from God's Word, that was me. Right? So it's not that you don't bring yourself into the conversation, but the thing that's the emphasis 
is not in some sort of spurious mystical experience, but objective truths that you keep pointing people back to. Because if you think about it, what does Scripture say? Time and again, like, like um, Paul writes to the Thessalonian church when he brought the gospel to them, what was so exciting that it wasn't just that the word went in one ear and out the other. A, they received it for what it really was, the word of God, and that it was a demonstration of, of power of the Spirit. And I don't think he meant that it was like some sort of supernatural miracles external to that, but that somehow through the preaching of the Word, the Spirit was working on people's hearts and bringing conversion. And so I'd much rather have our testimony be focused on how God, by the Holy Spirit, used His Word in your life to convict you of your sin and to draw you unto Himself. Now, I also want to add this thought here. Given what I've just emphasized, everyone's testimony may be very different. What do I mean by that? Um, we have some folks in our church who've been born into the church and they have been raised to know the Lord and to follow the Lord and they can't ever remember a day when they weren't a Christian. They can't ever remember a day when they didn't know the Lord. And oftentimes when we get into like, share your personal testimony, share your personal testimony, uh, you know, the, the thing that gets like the ooh, wow, wonderful is the, I was a drug addict and I was dropping acid and I saw these horrible, crazy things and thought I was going to die and praise the Lord, I became a Christian through all of this. And by the way, that's awesome, right? If, if God changes your heart through some horrible uh, uh, bout with sin, radically changes your life, praise be to God. But if we hear on the other side is that somebody never went through all of those horrible sins and have always known the Lord and been growing in the Lord over, what should we actually be more excited about? Right? I mean, I mean I'm happy when God takes someone at a rock bottom and brings them out of it, but I'd much rather, like, think of my own kids, I'd much rather have them not have to go to rock bottom, right? And so I say this because literally I've had people tell me who had the experience of growing up in the church and always knowing the Lord, tell me that they'd get into Christian circles and ask to share their testimony and they felt embarrassed because they didn't have the kind of uh, uh, massive turning point in their life type of testimony to the point, one of my friends from seminary and, and actually from high school said he started making up his testimony. Like he made up a whole story about falling away and becoming a Christian. Now that's not good to make up your testimony. You, you understand he, he felt pressured into having a certain sort of mold of a testimony. When actually, he, he did have a testimony. Right? And so this is sort of challenge what we might think of based on certain testimonies that you've seen. What is an actual testimony? And hey, if yours is that you were born into the church and were discipled by the Word of God and the ministry of the church through your life, and here's what God has done in your life through the course of your life, praise be to God. That is just as good a testimony as any. And so again, this is a chance to think about your own, you know, we, we talk personal testimony. How can you testify 
to the work of God in your life, particularly through the Word and pointing back to the Word, to Jesus. So you become less and He becomes more. Again, if we, if we share our testimony at the end, they've heard more about you than Jesus, then, then, then maybe you need to rethink your, your approach. Yeah, it's funny how, how yeah, I like how you put that movie worthy. I think that's what happens in a lot of churches. It's like, let's get put the guy who's had the biggest 180 degree uh, turn. And, you know, those are testimonies, right? I mean, if you think about it, Paul had a pretty 180 degree turn, right? And that's his testimony. And there are others who wasn't quite like that, but all of those are testimonies. And ultimately, the testimony, again, is, it's not, again, I, uh, why I start off with bearing witness. It's not about bearing witness to yourself. It's bearing witness to Christ and the gospel. And that's you bearing witness about Christ and the gospel, not you bearing witness about yourself. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the whole point, right? We, we talked recently about the gospel and what needs to be in the gospel. And so when we're talking about sharing your testimony... Those are the things that I think, when we're talking, again, under the context of personal evangelism, that's really what we're trying to bring out. So, the bad news and the good news, right? I'm a sinner and I, I'm going to hell. There's a way of salvation because Christ died on the cross to, to pay for my sins, and I need to respond in faith and turn unto Him and trust my life to Him. And so when we're talking in the context of personal evangelism, that's what we want to convey, how we ourselves came to realize that God's Word is true about our sin and our state, and that Jesus is the answer, and, and a sharing my own sort of personal uh, interaction with all of that, and now I am a witness saying it's true, and you need to follow Him too. And... Uh, it might be a completely different circumstance. Marlon and I are talking after church on Sunday, and he's telling me about some sin struggle he's having, and I talk about a Bible verse that was meaningful to me in that regard. It may have nothing to do with the gospel, but we grow as Christians through that sanctification process, right? That's a form of testimony, but it's, it's different than what we're talking about right now, right? We're talking about personal evangelism, sharing our testimony as part of giving the gospel. Chris, I saw your hand there. Two uh, 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 quick statements in, in regard to your good comments. Um, Chris brought out the idea of what I was trying to bring out from Romans 1.16. Is I think sometimes there's this temptation to like, the gospel itself isn't, isn't convincible enough, so i got to find something else to bring in. And so I appreciate you making that point. And then the other idea of, that, that Chris's comment brought out is that as we share how God's Word has affected our life, we are bringing in the human experience. I mean, here's an example. Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, chapter 2, right? Jonah goes, he does the, uh, I'm going to run away from God type of thing. By the time you get to chapter 2, he's literally on the bottom of the ocean, and he recounts the Lord, and he writes a little psalm, and the little psalm has allusions to another psalm in the Bible, which tells you as he's sitting there on the bottom of the ocean, realizing where his sin has brought him to. He's remembering God's word, and the, the, the illusion of the scripture that he has is about looking to the Lord and calling out to him. And that's when he is picked up by the fish. And it's actually the fish is God's way of saving him. And he's able to then talk about that afterward. That's his own little testimony. But you notice, even in him, as he hits rock bottom, he remembers God's word. 
and draws him to cry out to the Lord and find help. So yes, um, here's what we got to do. We got six minutes. You're going to break up in groups of two and give a three-minute personal testimony. That's very short. But sometimes you're going to have three minutes to share. Sometimes you're going to have an hour to share with someone. Give a little just, how did you become a Christian? How did you come to know the Lord? Just begin to try to put into practice. So go ahead and break up in groups of two. I'll tell you when you got three minutes left to switch. All right, if I could call us back together here. So what I want you guys to do is uh, hopefully you, you get a chance to think about what we talked about today. Go home today and think about your on-the-spot being told, all right, go do this. And then think about, you know, when I said, you know, whether things I could have said that were more in line with some of the things we were talking about. In other words, go home and give a little more thought to how might you craft uh, a testimony and think about how you might do the short, medium, and long version, right? If you just got a minute to tell somebody about, about your own faith in Christ, if you've got a shorter, longer you know, period of time, think about what that might look like because you will hopefully have opportunities to be telling about these things. And again, it's sort of you're using this as an opportunity to bring out the gospel. And maybe, you know, when we did those gospel tracks and stuff, isn't this an easiest way to do it? Is begin to talk about how you've come to know these things yourself and then communicate it through the course of that conversation. So let me go ahead and close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, that you have made each of us a witness uh, to your saving grace in our life. We've seen it. We testify to it. We bear witness uh, that Jesus is our Savior and Lord by your grace in our life. And so, Father, we pray uh, that we would have lots of people to tell that to. And we pray, Lord, that the people that we tell to will hear it from lots of people. Uh, that, in fact, the testimony of Christ in their own lives would be confirmed by a manifold witness, uh, a manifold number of witnesses, Lord, uh, that they too might trust in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.